HR Trends is a weekly podcast featuring interviews with leading experts in the field of human resources. Produced by Unum, HR Trends draws from the deep bench of subject matter experts at Unum, as well as industry partners and national HR thought leaders. This program is not intended to constitute legal advice, and it's for general educational purposes only. If you need legal advice on a particular situation, please contact your own attorney. Welcome to HR Trends. I'm your host, Claire Morin. And in the virtual studio today, I have two assistant vice presidents, legal counsel at Unum's Employment Law Group. So we have Ellen McCann, who you, if you've listened before, you will have heard her on previous episodes. She has more than 20 years experience at Unum. We also have Tamika Newson, who joined Unum last year and has previously worked with law firms across the nation. Um, litigating employment matters and advising human resources on all employment-related legal issues with a particular emphasis on FMLA, ADA, and leaves of absence. So welcome, Ellen and Tamika. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Great. So we've talked a lot about the Family and Medical Leave Act, the FMLA, and how the coronavirus impacts that. But employers, of course, need to also be aware of the Americans with Disability Act, the ADA, and other anti-bias laws, which are still applied during a pandemic. So we wanted to bring in Tamika today, um, because both Ellen and Tamika are real experts in the ADA, um, and really sort of get their insights on what is top of mind right now for employers to know. So as you probably know, on April 9th, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, released guidance about COVID-19 and the ADA, as well as the Rehabilitation Act and other EEO laws. So Tamika, I wonder if you could give us some high-level reading of their guidance and, and what you think is top of mind for employers. Absolutely. So unlike the FMLA, the ADA didn't release any new laws specifically, but the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, has done a really good job of addressing how we apply the existing law with the new COVID-19 challenges. One of the biggest things that they did pretty early on was declare COVID-19 a direct threat in the workplace. And what that means is that if there is an employee with COVID-19 that presents in the workplace, they have the opportunity under the ADA to ask specific questions about their symptoms. They have the opportunity to direct them to not come to the workplace or to go home from the workplace. They have the ability to monitor when and how they return to the workplace after they've determined that they need to be out of the workplace. So by declaring a COVID-19 a direct threat up front, they empower employers to ask specific questions and to do things that under the ADA would not necessarily have been appropriate before. So that was one of the, the biggest things that they've done. Um, and in terms of addressing underlying health conditions, that's been another big question about what do we do with people who present to us with um, mental health uh, issues or other physical disabilities who are afraid to be in the workplace or who say they need an additional accommodation because of potential exposure 
to COVID-19. The EEOC has addressed this with mental health specifically, saying that they recognize that this may be a particular area where uh, potential exposure and anxiety and other issues related to mental health will require us to provide additional accommodations, whereas some of the other underlying health conditions that don't necessarily impact uh, your your ability to come to work may not. So they made distinctions in, in those two underlying health conditions, which give us some guidance about how to treat those requests as they come to, through the door. And then as recently as Friday, uh, the EEOC updated its guidance about reasonable accommodations, because as you can imagine, there have been a ton of questions about what can we ask for, what can't we ask for. And in terms of medical information, employers are permitted to ask for medical information. They're permitted to ask for anything that allows them to determine whether someone is a qualified individual with a disability. Now, of course, in COVID times, this may require us to get less than what we're used to. We might get it by email. We might get some sort of a uh, phone call. We, we need to, of course, be flexible in the type of information we're asking for and what we're accepting. But the EEOC has been very clear that the same rules apply. We just need to be very conscientious about how we, we go about making these decisions and accommodations. And the same with undue hardship determinations. Those also still apply. We just have to look at the COVID situation and make reasonable um, decisions based on the state of the world right now. That's so helpful. And just for our listeners' uh, awareness, we are recording this on Monday, April 20th. So you're referring to the 17th last Friday. I've noticed there are a lot of updates that happen on Fridays. <laughs> so you poor employment lawyers, your, your weekends. Uh, anyway, so you're getting up to speed. Um, obviously, on Friday, you were reading through that. Ellen, I thought it would be interesting to bring you in, because both you and Tamika have really interesting roles in the sense that Ellen is advising Unum HR on the ADA, the FMLA, and so forth, so advising Unum as a company. And then Tamika, you're principally advising a lot of our customers, right, via our uh, leave uh, absence management services, including the ADA. And so you're both seeing a lot of questions employers have. And Ellen, I wonder if you have anything that you would be interested in asking Tamika around that new guidance that was issued on Friday. Absolutely, Claire. And I think, you know, one of the things I like the most about working at Unum is I'm surrounded by a lot of really smart people every day that I get to work with. So um, Tamika is my phone a friend today. Um, definitely want to pick her brain and ask her some questions about ADA. And I think one of the first ones I'll ask Tamika is, you know, you mentioned that there are certain underlying conditions, whether it's mental health, maybe some other things where the employee can ask for an accommodation. The employer has to has to look at that accommodation. But is the reverse true? So can an employer make assumptions based on an employee's pre-existing conditions? Perhaps it's their age. Perhaps it's the fact that they're pregnant. And based on those assumptions and knowing those people may be particularly vulnerable to COVID, can they make employment decisions based on those facts about that person's, um, whether it's mental health or, or physical health? Well, the EEOC doesn't like us to make any assumptions <laughs> about a person's uh, health or their, their pre-existing conditions, but the employee can certainly let us know. Um, 
that they have these issues and they can ask for accommodations that that duty does not doesn't change and in fact you know the the EEOC has kind of hesitated and, and, and told us not to make certain assumptions about specific people who are, you know, 65 or older or pregnant women. And um, we can ask the question about whether they need something, but unless they ask us directly, we're, we're not to presume. That's great. And what, and so you also talked a little bit about accommodations and mentioned that employers can look at accommodations within the time frame we're in and the circumstances we're in and in the COVID world, if you will. So what what do you think will be different when some employers are looking at accommodation requests now or what has the EEOC said may be different now versus what they might have thought about or looked at six months ago or a year ago? Well, I think that the entire notion of I need all of the medical information that you can provide to me to justify this need, that's kind of goes out the window because it's just not practical under these circumstances. So I think the, the, the amount and the type of information we're able to gather, that's just going to have to be um, kind of downsized a bit. And we're going to have to be reasonable in looking at what we're able to get from, from doctors. And, and in some instances, we might have to take people's word for it, especially individuals who are already on uh, some sort of accommodation and already have been determined to be eligible um, for uh, treatment under the ADA. But also the undue hardship considerations, I think, are going to be uh, looked at a lot differently because things that may not have been deemed an undue hardship before uh, COVID-19 most certainly will be deemed hardships now. Um, Looking at what things cost, you know, and, and how that impacts a business. I think those are, are are super important considerations now, whereas before the EEOC was really quick to say, you know, it, cost is not necessarily a factor. Well, we know now that there are a lot of businesses that are struggling and, and who are not bringing in income at all. And those are the type of things that the, the EEOC has specifically said will be looked at and will be considered an undue hardship um, to the business. So they're obviously encouraging everybody to look for any accommodation that they can can offer for individuals with disabilities to keep them in the workplace. But they're also being very reasonable in considering the hardship to the businesses and the changes of this uh, whole economic environment during COVID. So Tamika, what, what in your mind are some best practices then for granting accommodations right now, particularly given the fact that the economic circumstances may change or an employer may not be able to get access to as much medical information as they normally would. What are some of the things that you're recommending to clients about how to go about granting those accommodations right now? Well, best practice, I would say, per the EEOC guidance, is if you are able to to grant an accommodation, um, please do so to allow the employee to, to stay in the work environment, but know that it's possible to do this on a temporary basis and the EEOC is not going to look, not going to frown upon that as they do in some instances. We can say we can provide this right now up to this time frame, but allow yourself the opportunity to revisit this accommodation as things change, because as we see things change every day with this um, virus and with the, the, what we're expecting to do in society. So um, granting accommodations, you can make them temporary, give a time frame, say we're going to revisit this once the pandemic is over. And, and that's probably the best practice that I would suggest. 
Well, that was so helpful, Ellen and Tamika. And Tamika, if I could ask you if you were going to leave audiences with one sort of key takeaway from this guidance from the EEOC, what would that be? Absolutely. I would just remind everyone that the basic requirements of the ADA have not changed. The rules of the road still apply. But because the EEOC has been very clear that this is a direct threat um, in the workplace. There, there are a lot of rules that have been relaxed and a lot of standards that have been changed. And so just consideration of that fact has made us you know, more cognizant of what the, the EEOC would like us to do in response to this issue. And to just remind everyone to con always consider reasonable accommodations in the workplace and always know that the EEOC guidance is there for you if you have any questions about what you should be doing in any particular situation. That's great. And I know you've given us some resources we'll be including on the show description um, links. Um, one of them is, is called the Pandemic Preparedness in the Workplace and the Americans with Disability Act. So we'll include a link to that. Uh, as, a, as a useful resource. And just so our listeners know, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, April 21st, um, the Disability Management Employer Coalition, DMEC, are uh, organizing a webinar, The Do's and Don'ts of Defensible Documentation. Tamika will be appearing in that webinar, so please join her. We'll have the link also on our website. Thank you, Ellen and Tamika, so much for joining us and, and stay safe. Thank you, you too, Claire. Thank you. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.